the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. I am the host of this thing. My name is Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> we are asking for your, you know, somewhat undivided attention, if that's even possible in today's multitasking world. So. Now here's the deal. Let's set the ground rules here. How about it's totally okay if you're checking your email on the phone while listening? Um, it maybe even like do a little online banking if necessary. And yeah, if you have to, you know, and you you have to just feel free to check your credit score to see if it's improved over the last 24 hours or so. Okay then, uh, as we get started, let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my aunt Dorothy. Hey, can you give us a solid chuckle, if you would? Well, I, I can give it a shot. How's this? <laughs> oh, maybe not my best, but still pretty darn good, I think. Yeah, not your best, uh-huh. but you know, it'll do. Uh, let's, oh. let's just move on. Uh, now I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, Okay, now, you can be selfish, you know, droning on and burning up valuable airtime, saying basically nothing important, or you could pass on, you know, acknowledging my acknowledgement if you want to be a team player here. What's it going to be, yo? Come on! You know, from our last staff meeting, we all were told that listener research indicates that as soon as you open your mouth on the show, we lose 35% of our audience. It's mostly divorced males over 45. So I'm going to leave it you know, to your best judgment on how you want to respond. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, I don't buy that listener research. It had to be riddled with fraud. Uh, It's all fake news. I'm guessing most of the listeners they're counting are dead or just a bunch of those uh, bots from China. There is no way this show loses 35% of our audience the moment I say something on the air. Oh, well, I saw the research, Gerald. Did you even look at their work? It totally looked legit to me. The station does pay a lot of money for this data. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that well, I toss most of that stuff in the garbage. But, but occasionally, uh, I do have to take it seriously. And, you know, I've always thought... We lost a lot more than 35% whenever you join in on the conversation. It's actually good news for you. I think they undercounted the numbers. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. Uh, That's nonsense. You know, I know for a fact 
that I bring a number of listeners to this program. Uh, people who w uh, wouldn't go near the Spud Goodman show if it weren't for me being part of it. Like uh, most of my church, for example. Not everyone, of course. As some do feel that you, Spud, are such a distasteful figure. They can't get beyond that and even give it a chance. But at least half of my fellow members, or okay, <laughs> say, okay maybe a quarter of my fellow members. And, and that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, do you hear me sneezing? No, you don't. No. Well, I will gladly accept your handful of listeners you bring to the show, but for, for us to, you know, to keep most normal people tuned in, you have to stay in your lane, you know, by keeping quiet. Like right now. Now I have to introduce our show's intern chance currently being promoted uh, as the show's most popular figure. I myself am waiting for the recount on that listener research. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Anyway, here he is. Chance, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here, Spud. You really do need to learn to accept my popularity. I mean, there's nothing you can do to change it. My lovely fiance Dorothy feels you will never accept our relationship because of your professional jealousy towards me. That's a shame if you ask me. Uh, did I? Like, ask you? I, I don't remember doing so. Anyway, I wanted to bring up you know, on the show something that I saw on social media yesterday. Uh, Gerald, did I see a video on Facebook of you and your wife harassing some dude who was smoking a bong uh, in his car? This guy's been stoned since the third grade. Uh, he was parked I, with the motor turned off. That was clear. Uh, and I, I guess he posted it, right? I saw that video, too. Gerald, you were such a dick. You dick! Oh, I must have missed it. What did Gerald do? Uh, well, okay, Mrs. Jarvitz, I did what any law-abiding citizen would do. My wife and I approached a perpetrator who sure looked like one of those uh, Antifas. He had a, a, you know, like a black hoodie on. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. It was in the parking lot of Walmart, and he was smoking drugs. <gasps> In his automobile, the window was down, and Rachel and I could clearly smell something that we strongly suspected to be marijuana. And yes, we are aware of what it smells like, Spud. Uh, it's legal in this state? Uh, what's the problem? I mean, the, the, the car was parked. Yeah, okay, see, that's where you are wrong. <clears throat> Listen to this. Marijuana remains illegal under federal law, specifically the Controlled Substances Act, found at Title 21, Section 811 of the United States Code, USC. The law makes it illegal to use, possess, grow, and sell marijuana. Gerald, were you always like this? Even as a little kid? Yes! Well, from what I could see on the video, the guy, you know, wasn't hurting anyone. And you began to, like, really get in his face. I mean, my God, even with a mask on, you got kind of close to him. Well, he seemed to have a difficult time hearing what I was saying, so I had to raise my voice. I just told him that the authorities would be coming if he did not heed my order to cease and desist his drug usage. And I stand by my directive, Spud. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Uh, the guy in the post, uh, 
<laughs> he said that he he had like a medical marijuana card due to glaucoma, oh, wow. you know, for years. That that's what it, that's what I read, and was well, that was way before recreational use was even allowed in this state. You, you picked the wrong stoner to confront, man. Did, did did you read the comments people wrote? My Jesus, I mean, you came off as less liked than say Harvey Weinstein or or Saddam Hussein. Uh, pretty much everyone hated you. Well, I, I did glance at a few comments, and and no, not everyone was critical of my actions. There was one person who said I was a hero for standing up for law and order in our society. Would you who shut up, man? Listen, uh, you know, that had to be a Russian bot. Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, we can talk about this further a little later. Right now, I need to play some music. And, and, you know, on that topic, on a recent episode, I made the statement that we don't play covers on this show. And, you know, I received a couple emails saying, why the hell not? You know, so I, I gave it some thought and have made a course correction uh, on this episode. We will play you know, a cover or two. Uh, so to those who think I'm a stubborn, think again. All right. Anyway, this, this is from the Gourds, a band from Austin, Texas. This cut is from the 2006 David Bowie tribute album, Starman. Here's a pretty decent cover of Ziggy Stardust. Check it out.
What's up, y'all? This is Cedric the Entertainer, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, yeah. I holla. Spud, your first guest, Christopher Mintz Ploss, is waiting to speak with you. Now, Trevor, our engineer, is apparently a big fan of this guy. I guess I should look him up on the Internet and see uh, what the fuss is about. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Uh, don't tell me you've never seen the movie Super Bad. Come on, that, that's impossible. Even for you, one of the greatest comedies ever made. It's as fresh today as, as when it was released in 2007. Oh, I must have seen that movie at least, well, at least 15 times. Usually, of course, when I'm a little down, it still cracks me up. Oh, Gerald, we have McLovin on our show. Yeah. This is a big freaking deal. W Mick who? Oh, so is this Mick something, a, a big star, huh? Well, he should be. Everybody on the face of the earth knows McLovin. Uh, of course, uh, except for you, that is. What's your name, scumbag? I'm pumped to hear what Chris is up to. Well, he has a new animated series on Comedy Central. Hey, Trevor, if you're listening, just put him through. Say hello to actor and comedian Christopher Mintz Plus. Uh, thanks for dropping by, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on to promote this little YouTube show. We're, we're excited. Yeah, you, you do have the animated series, but it's on Comedy Central now, Blark and Sons. Uh, and Son, excuse me. The, the second season's here, uh, and it's available on their digital and social media platforms. Uh, you play the Sun, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, this is this is a, oh, a project that's very... Yeah, I know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a project that's very close to my heart. You know, it, it was created by two of my best friends that I've known for like 15 years. Um, mm -hmm. And the guy who voices Blark, the other lead character, is an incredible special effects artist. He um, he makes all the costumes on The Masked Singer right now, just so you know how, mm -hmm. how brilliant he is. He, he's been doing that for a really long time. And about five years ago, he wanted to make a puppet show for Instagram. This was before Instagram TV and all that kind of stuff. He wanted to make 30 uh, second episodes about a father and a son who just don't see eye to eye. And you just write some kind of sitcom -y jokes and put it up there. And we did it. You know, there's no money involved or anything. It was purely just friends creating together. And we put it on Instagram. Comedy Central saw it and they saw potential in a, in a YouTube show. So they bought it and gave us a little bit of a budget. And now we get to make a full series. It's great. All right. Yeah. Hey, I got to ask you, voice work seems to be the ideal gig uh, with the current pandemic. Uh, but as a comedian, too, how tough has it been, you know, during this period of time? Do you do, you do like, I don't know, 20 minute stand up sets or improv bits on the weekends for your pets like others? In the <laughs> I'm always riffing comedy with the pets at all times, man. I got my I got my big dog right here sleeping next to me. He's always by my side. Uh, we're yep. always doing comedy together. But, yeah, you know, it's. It's been difficult for sure. It's there's not many acting gigs going on at the moment. Um, we were very lucky that we could do Blark and Son in a very limited with with limited amount of people in the room. You know, you do the voice acting on one side, one person, and then you have the director on the other side, and that's it. And then mm -hmm. on set, there's like five people, a couple puppeteers, and a director and a lighting guy, and you know, you test daily and get it done. Um, but other than that, it's been it's been a little bit hard to find a job at the moment. But that's right. understandable with everything going on. Yeah, a whole lot of people out of work right now in the, in the, mm -hmm. in the industry. Um, well, I, I got to ask you this, my apologies, but you've done a ton of films and TV shows over the years, uh, some very memorable comedies. Uh, does it 
bug you the crap out of you, you know, that people still yell out McLovin at you when you're in public uh, as a civilian? I mean, you did super bad in, what, 2007? You were 17 years old. Uh, yeah. That's impressive staying power for a character in a movie. You're an American icon. Totally. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, I would just say that. Icon. Just for the record. Um, I mean, it is really, honestly, like you said, it was released 14 years ago. So if people still want to talk about it and, and recognize me from it, I think that's a compliment, you know, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a big deal. So I, I'm super grateful for it. And yeah, it doesn't bug me at all. All right. All right. We got that. Um, well, let's <laughs> step into the Wayback Machine, Christopher. Um, while attending uh, El Camino Real High School, you were on the comedy improv team, I I, uh, I found out. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Were, were some students cut for not being funny enough? Because that would be brutal for any kid to deal with because most of us at that age, you know, all feel we're hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there there was an audition process for sure. You know, I don't I don't think there were a ton of kids auditioning for the improv team. So maybe it was two or three people that got cut. But yeah, you had to. I mean, you had to make those choices and people learn from a young age about rejection. And listen, I, being an actor now, I get rejected every week with auditions. You know, you, you, you book one out of every 20 or 30, maybe. So you kind mm -hmm. of it's a good way to kind of deal and learn about rejection. Right. Any uh, members on the team that ever uh, went on uh, to, to, you know, to do uh, anything in the biz? Besides I, uh, well, one of my buddies, Hunter Cope, who he was an actor in a movie called Date and Switch, which he did with our buddy Nick Braun a little bit ago. But he's a writer. He writes for Disney Kids TV right now. And he also wrote on this show uh, and mm -hmm. he wrote for Nickelodeon. So he's like find a, he's found a little niche path in his uh, his own way. All right. Super. Say Spud. What? If I may interject here, you know, we did not have an improv team at my high school, but I myself was quite active in the theater department, uh, mostly behind the scenes duties, you know, uh, handling props, opening and closing the curtains, cleaning up after performances and such. But, you know, there were times when the actors and I would run lines together after the rehearsals. I think that's when I first fell in love with show business and the rest, you know, is history with my career. Hey, Christopher, I need a moment here. Can I ask if you ever even got like a walk on role in the high school plays, uh, like a, a person in the crowd or something? It sounds like they were trying to hide you. I mean, keep you away from the audience for some reason. Uh, that's kind of cold, man. Uh, Gerald, as a techie, did they at least put your name in the plays program? It sounds like a very exploitive situation, if you ask me. Right. I agree. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think our teacher made programs for the audience. So, so no, I was not credited. I was included in most of the activities offstage, though. It, well, it, except the closing night parties, as they were for cast members only. And our teacher, Mr. Carlson, had he said it was because of limited space at his apartment. I, I think he said he lived in a one-bedroom. Hmm. Well, too bad there wasn't a union rep who, who could have negotiated a way for you to be invited. Well, I won't lie. I was a little hurt after all those productions, and, and I was an integral part of that. I had I had to go home when they celebrated at Mr. Carlson's apartment. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. When I think of it now, I should have spoken up. Yeah, you think? Uh, they screwed you over. You should probably consider appropriate payback at your next high school reunion. Now let me return to Christopher. Yeah. Well, is music still a big part of your life as you, you've played in bands over the years? Are you, are you playing with, uh, I guess, the current one, Main Man and all, at your house or something? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm actually right now in my back studio. You can see the drum kit right there. Right. Uh, because the girlfriend is asleep inside. It's still early. But yeah, you know, there, there hasn't been too much to do in the pandemic. So we've been making a bunch of music together, whether it's all meeting right. here safely or doing it, you know, he's doing it at home. Guitar player's doing it at his house and we're sending each other stuff. But we're still, yeah, we're still making music. We're happy about it. All right. When this thing's over with, so you guys do plan on hitting the road? Hopefully. Hopefully, you know, the word is there's not going to be touring till 2022. Yeah. So we're, we're buckling up, buckling up. All right. Uh, well, let me close with this, all right? Uh, my required talk show host question. Uh, Christopher, uh, what has been your most memorable moment uh, to this point while living on Earth? Holy cow. Wow. Know, Even the whole, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll say Booking Superbad was incredibly life-changing. You know, I, it was my first movie, and I wasn't doing anything after that, and then, you know, before that, and then once that happened, my whole life blew up and changed, and made a bunch of great art and met a lot of great people. So yeah, I'll go with that. All right. Uh, the, the, the special woman in your life, she doesn't ever like yell out Mc, McLovin ever done. Right. I just wanted to yeah. cover that. She does not. No, no, no. She definitely does it. But she, she knows not to say that in the household. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, let me say again that the second season of Blarkin Sun is now available on Comedy Central via their digital and social media platforms. Um, hey, man, hey, just thanks a bunch for, you know, coming on our show. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. There you have it, Mr. Christopher Mintz Plus. This is the Spud Goodman Show. And many happy fish. Uh, Spud. The uh, show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson, is holding for you. All right, super. Put her through. Here she is. Say hello to our show's resident sex therapist, Ms. Christine Gregson. Hey, I, I kind of need to talk to you about something. Okay. Well, it's nice to speak with you. Mm-hmm. What can I address? Go ahead. Well, this is something that came up recently w- with this person I was dating. Uh, you know, af- after our conversation, she said it would be better I- if we took a time out. Uh, you know, stop seeing each other. Uh, I'm kind of bummed about it. So you cared for this woman? It, it was a woman, oh, correct? Oh, yeah, it was a woman. Why do you ask? Um... Have you heard from someone that I'm like I'm attracted to dudes or something? Because that's not true. I mean, I have a hard enough time in relationships with women. I mean, there's there's no way I could ever be with a guy. Uh, you know, we just we just wouldn't get along. There's there's you know, like there's only one remote control, you know, and that's a very important instrument in my world. Uh, yeah, it would just never work out. All right. So, what is this issue, if I may ask? Well, is it something that you feel you might be more comfortable discussing in a private session in my office? I mean, discussing personal issues like this over the air on a radio show can be a bit too invasive. Yeah, and yeah, I thought about that, but, you know, I read online uh, at your website that your rates are like $175 a session. And right now, you know, discussing this in public over the air, you know, maybe a little bit embarrassing, but it's a better deal. I mean, free is, is better for sure. So it, it, this is fine. 
Whatever you're comfortable with. Go on. All right. So I happen to, to bring up the topic of having a, a mental sex stunt double, you know, in moments during romantic encounters w- with the woman I was seeing, you know, you know, pulling mm-hmm. up someone in, in your mind that might be a bit more exciting, you know, uh, you know, to, just to get the motor going. And I, I thought it was a better alternative to those pills, but I found out I was kind of wrong, like very wrong. Well, I would think any sexual partner would be offended by being informed that their lover was utilizing the image of a prior partner while making love. What were you thinking? Well, I have been told I am a bit too honest at times in my life. Like in my marriages, that would be two of my you know, three ex-wives made it kind of clear that they didn't care for that kind of truthfulness. But my last wife said it was fine. You know, she had no issues with it. You know, we only had sex a couple times a year, so it wasn't a big deal to her. Go on. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I should have said up front that I also let women know that they're free to pull up the mental avatar of an ex-boyfriend or husband anytime they need to. I'm not a total selfish jerk, you know. That's very considerate of you. Yeah. But I don't think that this is a topic that most women would want to participate in. Um, I suppose there are some who might not be offended, but not many, I would say. It seems that you have difficulty with intimacy. And that well, tends to divert your attention to distractions that make you feel more comfortable. Well, you know, maybe, but I don't know about that for sure. If you don't feel safe being in the moment with your partner emotionally, then it seems that you create an alternative world that's less threatening to you. Really? Say, thinking of someone who maybe wasn't as judgmental in your love life. Can I ask if you failed to satisfy a number of your prior partners? This kind of behavior isn't created without something prompting it. Well, okay, I, I would appreciate it if you would not try and make me reboot, uh, you know, on my mental hard drive, you know, with the prior failures in my sexual histories. I, I just see no upside with going down that road. It would just be, I don't know, it'd be very unpleasant to say the least. Well, sometimes in our search for personal growth, we all need to go down that road, Spud. But if you're seeking uh, approval from me regarding your practice of thinking of others during making love with your partner, I really can't go there. That involves your personal boundaries, yeah. what you're willing to accept. I will say that no good will come of this practice in terms of the relationship, especially if you share this with her. Husband? Yeah. Well, I, I so agree with your sex therapist. Uh, of course, I can only comment as a happily married man to the same woman for over 20 years. Okay. But the thought of even letting the image of uh, someone else enter my mind in a romantic moment is just so offensive. I mean, what is wrong with you? Uh, Christine, I have to respond to someone now. It'll only be a moment. Dude, I only do this in an attempt to please my partner, okay? Just trying to stay in the moment and then pulling up an innocent but, you know, still slightly sexy image in my memory bank can keep me in the game. It's a win-win for everyone. Oh, I don't think so. That is cheating. Plain and simple, Spud. You need to stop that practice immediately. But I don't want to. You do your thing and I'll do me, okay? Uh, now let me get back to... To Christine, jeez. Uh, all right, I have returned, and where where was I? Oh yeah, uh, I was just wondering if maybe it, it was her, you know, you know that, that she was just like overly sensitive. That that's that came to mind, you know. I, but I, you know, I probably should have kept my mouth shut. I guess I don't know. You know, when she told me that she also was thinking of an old boyfriend, I 
I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel that great, you know. Anyway, all right. Well, I I think I've resolved what I wanted to you know do in our in this conversation. So uh, I really appreciate the input. It's what I do. Goodbye. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're you're still you know on the phone, but um, you know we're going to be contacting you again, and because there's a a bunch of other questions that I didn't get a chance to go over. Anyway, later. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. So getting back to what we were talking about, uh, Gerald, you know, that video with you bitching at the guy smoking pot in his car, are, are there others out there, like more videos of you confronting innocent people? Uh, I just lucked out finding that one. You weren't weren't tagged on it or anything. Yeah, well, n- not, not that I know of. I-, I mean, there have been a few instances where I- I've had to confront people who were not behaving correctly over the last few years. And I, I know some of them have their cell phones out recording our um, discussions. Um, um, you suck. So you could be on other videos that are out there, you know, like somewhere on the Internet. Gerald, do you know if any one of those ever goes viral you will be labeled forever as a big jerk your kids will not want to show their faces at school you're lucky the one we're talking about evidently just wasn't shared that much yeah the ones that blow up are people that everyone hates those things get millions of views gerald you could finally become really famous if you come off as a real on any other videos that might surface. Well, first of all, I'm not at all like that nasty word you just tossed out, Chance. I am a concerned citizen who's just trying to maintain a little order in our society. We're coming for you, globalist! You would not believe what some people are trying to get away with out in public. Some of it just screams out for a response. Uh, who made you judge and jury? Well, I do feel I have sort of deputized myself to look out for misbehavior that is all around us. I mean, well, you laugh if you want, Mrs. Jarvis, but listen, if it's not going to be me, who's going to step up? Don't, don't get me wrong. I try not to be a busybody. You know, I don't go looking for people to call out. It's disgusting behavior that just sort of happens more and more. And when I'm out and about and around town, frankly, I think it's all around us. If you or our listeners would just open your eyes, you'd see it. Uh, I don't think most people feel comfortable harassing others who are just living their lives. Well, poking your nose into others' business. Trust me on this. It usually does not end well. You think we're bad for America? You think I'm bad for America? 
my neighbor yelled at my mom one day when she was playing Michael Buble too loudly. She had the living room window open and her neighbor was gardening. He was not a big Michael Buble fan, I guess. My mom wouldn't turn the volume down. She turned it up, like, really loud. The windows were shaking. Her neighbor got out his cell phone and started recording her saying some kind of mean things about him. He posted it on Facebook, but because he only had, I think, 17 friends at the time, didn't go viral or anything. He was the only person that even liked the video. You know, it's kind of sad when people like their own videos or posts. I guess it's better than no likes at all, you know, but I, I, and I know that from personal experience. What are you objectifying on? Chance, I know you feel your mother has anger management issues, but I totally get her feelings about being told to turn down her music. I've been there myself. You know of my love of the Ramones. Several neighbors over the years have objected to the volume I play them at on my stereo. I think adding that subwoofer really added a nice low end to the sound, but in the summer I've been told people can hear my records three or even four, four blocks away. I mean, yeah, you, you do play your music really loud, Aunt Dorothy, and that's one of yeah. the reasons I ask you to be, you know, a part of the show. I knew, I'm very confident, and it's never happened to this point, you, you've never complained about the ear-bleeding volume. A lot of the live bands, you know, that we have in the studio, at, you know, at the level that they play at, you, you just never said a word, you know. And when this stupid pandemic is over and we get back to the studio, I will make sure the very first musical guest I book will be a really, really loud band. Oh, that would be great. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no problem. You, you know, I've never complained about the volume of the live bands on this show. You seem to think that I'm just some big complainer uh, looking oh, yeah. to put Basically. the kibosh on others enjoying themselves. But that couldn't be further from the truth. I try to be a team player. Uh, now, listen, sure, I would prefer more acoustic acts, maybe a piano performance once in a while, but I try not to be judgmental. Hi, ho, neighborinos. Uh, that's very big of you, but, you know, it wouldn't matter what you say about who I book on this show. Yeah, think about that. Now, let me play some music right now, okay? We don't have live bands, obviously, with the situation we have to deal with, but this is like another cover. Uh, it's from the Northwest band Cody Foster Army. Uh, they've played live on our show previously, and they definitely would fall into the loud band category. I love these guys. It, this this song that they, they do is dedicated to ex-president Donald Trump. Uh, at least I'll dedicate it to him. Uh, that's the guy who received five draft affirmants to avoid serving in the U.S. military? Yeah, Google it. Um, here's their version of John Fogarty's Fortunate Son. Hit it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, your last guest, Anthony Atamanik, is holding for you. Now, Anthony is a comedian, right? Yes. Did, didn't you ever see his old show on Comedy Central, The President Show? It was awesome. The President Show? Yeah. Anthony is the number one Donald Trump impersonator in the world. That's in my opinion. He is. I mean, he, he's so talented. Uh, he's basically an artist in the field of political satire. You, okay, wait. He makes fun of our former commander-in-chief? Why? Uh, geez, because it had to be done. I mean, there's there's a ton of other performers who uh, give it a shot, but come up a little short. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to mention names. I mean, they might get the voice and mannerisms down, but their material is sometimes weak. Anthony is the real deal, so could you have Trevor put him through? I, I guess. I, I, I think Trevor's putting him through now. All right, say hello to actor, writer, and comedian Anthony Atamanik. Hey, man, thanks for coming on our show. Thanks for having me on, Spud. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know, I know you have a varied career, which we will talk about in a bit, but you are the top Donald Trump impersonator in the world, okay? For those who are not aware, what I wanted to speak with you about was, like, you're in a very select company uh, with, say, Von Meter, who exquisitely portrayed JFK, David Frost, who impersonated Richard Nixon, Daryl Hammond, prior guest on our show, who did a great Bill Clinton, Steve yeah. Bridges, who took on George W. Bush, Reggie Brown, that, that, that guy who did uh, Obama quite well, and, and now you. So, yeah. you know, with Donald Trump. So your clips will live on in history. When, when some kid in, say, 2068 checks out Trump on YouTube, you will probably come up for sure. What are your yeah. feelings, you know, about your work at this point in your career? Well, I'll be dead probably by then, actually. But uh, <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a good point. 2068? Now I might still be alive. I'm Italian. I've got good genes. Uh, <laughs> but I might, I'll probably be there. Um, well, it's interesting because, um, you know, Daryl also did an incredible um, uh, Donald Trump. Yes, he did. Uh, and um, so I guess in terms of like keeping that company, um, it's interesting. I did an interview for uh, 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 with, um, oh, I forget his name. But I did an interview for C uh, ABC News about about um, uh, Von Meter. And it's interesting because you have a variation of people. That, you know, there's impressions and there's impersonators, right? And there's mm -hmm. sort of uh, the, the spectrum in between. So... You know, it's interesting because Von Meter, you know, he had only been doing open mics for about eight months. He didn't um, have a really good stand-up set. He was not actually particularly funny or well-received or known. He could mm -hmm. do this incredible Kennedy. And it was actually a group of other people who basically wrote for him, propped him up, and then recorded that album. So Meter is a very sad story in a way because he was sort of pulled from his beginnings in comedy and sort of thrown up to this level where this is one of the top selling albums of all time, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, in, in comedy and uh, he um, uh, and then I think it really hurt, it, you know, as he said in an interview later, you know, someone approached him and said, I'm sorry when Kennedy was assassinated, you know, and it's hard because I think in later interviews, you see him defensive of his career, but I think it short circuited his career. I think I had the I'm the almost inverse of Von Meter in the sense that I had been doing improv and you know, doing bit parts on TV shows and writing things for, you know, probably 15 years at that point. Mm -hmm. I didn't even expect to have what happened kind of happen. Um, I had no expectations, no stake in the outcome, that sort of thing. So for me, um, it was very much, uh, uh, I went into it very clear eyes and a, a, a clear head. 
uh, open eyes, clear head, I guess, you know? So I, I sort of saw the writing on the wall in terms of what it means to do a political impression and maybe where it boxes you in. And um, and also Trump is, you know, particularly such an Elvis of an impression. It's such a Shatner right. of an impression. Everybody does one. Um, so it was more about what did I bring to the table to make it maybe uh, more uh, unique. Uh, and, you know, I would I would add that uh, James Adomian's uh, George W. Bush was really a definitive one as well, uh, right. as well as his Bernie Sanders. Excuse me, Spud. What do you need? Well, if I if I could jump in here, as I stated previously, I do question why anyone would try to impersonate our country's greatest president. That is uh, sacrilegious, don't you think? No, I don't. Uh, hey, Anthony, I'll be right back. If it's just a brief thing, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, one would have to belong to the Church of Trump to be sacrilegious when pointing out he's an asshole. In my opinion, humor is the number one way a democracy is able to effectively challenge our governmental leaders, right? Okay, it scares the hell out of them, or at least their handlers. Oh, so are you saying it's okay then to make jokes about Jesus? Maybe put on a robe or something with a crown of thorns and try to impersonate him? I would never try to do Jesus. Number one, I, I don't have that kind of gravitas. Uh, I'm just saying that political satire in whatever form is a long-held tradition in the history of man. Well, I, I sure didn't see many Obama jokes on TV. That's because he wasn't an asshole. Now let me return to Anthony. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. I asked this this question of our, our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. He's, he's kind of connected to the... To, 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 I don't know what... Part of what element of uh, reality he's connected to. But anyway, uh, do you think that our former president will burn in hell for eternity or, or just hang out, you know, in purgatory for a few centuries? What do you think? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I do a podcast called Live from Hell with Ronald Reagan. That's oh. I, that's on my Patreon. So you can only get it if you go to my Patreon. Um, and it's uh, I do Reagan doing a because Reagan used to be a radio host, you know, when he was like mm -hmm. making his conversion. So I do Reagan. Uh, interviewing people who are either in hell or going to hell. And I actually interviewed myself. I I did, uh, I mean, I have other guests, but I did Trump uh, preparing to go to hell. So it's funny you asked that question because I actually have a 45-minute podcast where you could uh, hear that. Um, I well, say where it's at. Say where it's at. It, oh, it's at patreon.com slash the real Tony. There's five bucks. You can listen to all five back episodes. Um, well, Anthony, let's, let's take a look back. You were a member of the uh, renowned comedy improv group, the Upright Citizens Brigade. How big an impact did UCB have on your approach to comedy? Oh, man. I mean, that's every, I mean, I would say UCB um, and the people, it's everything in the sense that UCB is the people, right? That you meet there. Um, it was everything that, that changed my life. I, I left, uh, Los Angeles, uh, tail between my legs after a couple of years of not really figuring out what I wanted to do and moved to New York. And I took a couple of classes and just met and made friends and found, um, uh, uh, sympathetic, uh, minds and challenging minds and, and then learned, uh, you know, techniques that, uh, helped me become a better comic. 
uh, yeah, everything. I mean, I was very fortunate to join UCB at the period at which everything was sort of expanding. Well, you know, I also read uh, that you, and this maybe this is BS or not, that you worked with Suzanne Summers. Now, she has also been a guest on our show. And let me just say this. <laughs> I got to ask you, was it ever difficult uh, for you to get in a word edgewise uh, when you had a conversation with her? Because I was able to get in like a hello and thank you when it was over. She took total control. You know, I, I had planned to get in a couple of uh-huh's and, and rights, but I just didn't have a chance. How about you in the working situation? Uh, well, was Alan there? Was her husband Alan no, there? No, just her. Just That's her. a shock. Alan, Alan's always sort of very close by. Um, well, I worked for her son, Bruce, uh, and for her out of the family. So they, they had a family office, and Bruce mm-hmm. ran a production company uh, that made commercials. And um, Suzanne I would deal with from time to time, mostly retrieving wine from her wine cellar. Um, yeah, she was very talkative and very kind. I mean, that was a very sort of rough period in my 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 youth. Um, I don't think that job ended particularly well. Um, I think I actually lost like a thousand dollars in cash. Um, like they used to let you go around with per diem money to like buy mm-hmm. for them, and mm-hmm. I lost the envelope. And of course, then they were like, "Did you steal the envelope?" They like confronted me. <laughs> I was like, "No, I didn't. I have no idea where it is." Dang. And then I think I got let go from that job. And about eight months later, I was packing to get ready to leave LA and I pull up my wheel well and under like in my trunk, I was like making sure everything was set for the car to get shipped back to the uh, Boston. And I picked up the bottom where the, the spare tire was and mm-hmm. underneath the spare tire was the envelope. Whoa. And so it was... turns out it, it had slipped under there and been there. So I had this envelope with a grand in there. And I went, well, f- I said, why bother, you know, why bother returning it now? So I guess I should admit, I'm admitting I, I stole from Suzanne Summers. Well, did, did she, <laughs> like as a parting gift, did she at least give you like a thigh master when you left? <laughs> I did write copy for butt master. I, okay, that's, that was one of my jobs. Yeah. <laughs> You're All digging right. real deep into my... Uh, into well, my youth. It's my job. I'm a journalist. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But yeah. Actually, I'm not. I'm just a freaking talk show host. But anyway. But these all are right. all my LA stories. Those are all my LA stories for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you got stuff to do. So just let me close with this. All right. Since I can't ask him directly. And yeah, just one last thing about our former president. Answer this, please. If you could channel him, if you could for a sec. Um, okay. Mr. Trump, will you finally concede and, and just say you lost? You know, better late than never. It's 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 not hard. I lost. You know, you don't have to say I'm a loser or anything. Just, just I lost. Can you give it a try, please? Okay. I lost nothing. I lost nothing. I'm sorry. Let me do it again. Excuse me. I lost my keys to my pool cabana. All right. One more time. I lost my DVD copy of Lost. It's my favorite show. That's the okay, best, well, that's the best he nothing. can do. He can't. Yeah. You're going to have to clip it, I think. He just, he cannot say it. He can't do I it. I guess not. All he right. Can't do it. Well, I know you got to get going. So let me say again, everyone can find you on Instagram at, at Tony Atamanik, uh, yes. on Twitch at uh, Shaddy Fatty, and yeah. your podcast, Coffee with Tony. Is that correct? Yes, that's patreon.com slash the real Tony. That's where you can see uh, live from hell with Ronald Reagan. I can't believe you brought that up. That's so funny that you brought up that hell thing because, yeah, that's a a little thing I do. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. There you have it, Mr. Anthony Atamanik. (laughs) 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. I'm still not over my surprise. All right, how about one more tune? Uh, this cover comes from the legendary Seattle band Mudhoney and their version of the Elvis Costello song, Pump It Up. Roll it. You know, finishing up on what we were discussing, I, I sort of feel like I'm being singled out here as some, I don't know, troublemaker. 
Uh, my gosh, you know, it's my duty and responsibility as a proud citizen of this country to hold others accountable. It's not personal, and as a result, I'm now experiencing a modern-day shunning by others solely for stepping up and trying to do what's right. You know, if we want to make America great again, it will take a village, you know. Um, you know, you just ripped off Hillary Clinton with that tagline. Back up, you creep. Now, are you comfortable with that? Hillary Clinton? Yep. <laughs> I believe you're mistaken. You know, that's a phrase we often use at our church. Hillary Clinton must have stolen it from us. Lock her up. That's right. Get that's right. I don't think Hillary Clinton is a Mormon. It was the title of her 2000 book, It Takes a Village to Raise a Kid, and it was taken from an old African proverb. My mom was big on hitting up our neighbors to help out when my sister and I were growing up, with my dad working all the time, and my mom's bowling leagues. She was in like nine or ten different leagues. Mom was, and still is, really into bowling, so she wasn't around that much, especially after school. Oh, see? That's one area that your mother and I have in common. Bowling. Yeah. I'm not saying I would sign up to be on one of her teams, but it's a topic we could kick around if and when we do finally have our first dinner together at your house. And I'm still looking forward to you setting that up. It's still on my to-do list. She is still busy these days. You know, Dorothy, it's just going to take more time for her to accept our relationship and the upcoming marriage. It's not that easy. Uh, say, Spud, they're saying that we have a caller who wants to join in on the conversation. Uh, should I have Trevor put the call through? Oh, yeah. I was just going to tell Spud about that caller. Trevor and I are in constant communication. I'll text him to put it through. Well, that's not necessary, Chance. I just hit send on my text to him, so uh, here is the caller. Yeah, everyone knows I enjoy a competitive work environment around me. It it improves productivity, but uh, there's no need for a circular firing squad here. And it only makes common sense. You know, I'll take the call, but chill out, you two, all right? Um, Caller, are you there? Uh, go, Go ahead, you're on the air. Right now? Okay, so I was listening to the show and that Kevin, who sticks his nose into other people's business, well, I just want to tell well, that no, his guy. Name, his name is Gerald, okay? No, Kevin. no, 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 no. He's a freaking Kevin for sure. Everybody knows this kind of guy. They just can't keep their mouths shut when they're around others who are just living their lives. Yes! Uh, caller, this is Gerald, not Kevin. And I resent your description of who I am. <laughs> you you don't know me, and I can assure you, I am a highly respected presence in the community. For instance, I was a Boy Scout leader for over a year. It, it would have been longer, but my oldest, Gerald Jr., dropped out of the Scouts. You know, really, it came as a real surprise to my wife and I, as we expected. Yeah, that I, don't, I don't know if playing the Boy Scout leader card is that viable these days. I, I'm just saying. I almost was an Eagle Scout. I earned 19 of the 21 merit badges needed, but I got a little distracted after I got Call of Duty for Christmas in my junior year of high school. I know that, dude. Oh, okay. But about this jerk who bugs innocent people who aren't doing any harm to others, if I was a guy in that car in the Walmart parking lot and you got in my face about doing a bong hit, I'd have punched you out. Yeah. 
You know, people say pot mellows out uh, people, but uh, not, not so much with you, huh, Color? No, not really. You know that saying, don't tread on me? Well, it's pretty damned important to me. Yeah. Uh, Caller, can, can I ask if you're taking low T supplements? You seem yeah. a bit overamped. No, I don't. And I'm not overamped, whatever the hell that means. Uh, uh, Caller, if everyone just turned away from witnessing clear wrongdoing, then it would be total chaos all around us. As Patrick Henry said, I regret I have only one life to give for my country. Um, I believe that was Nathan Hale, and it's I regret I have only one life oh. to lose for my country. Uh, I'm uh, pretty uh, sure it wasn't Patrick Henry. Look, alternative facts are not facts. You know, you know what? Uh, I gotta go. But someone tell that Kevin that he's a dick. You dick! Uh, again, it's Gerald, and I gotta tell you, I'm getting really tired of being called that nasty name. Uh, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this. I have my own standards, and it's apparent that they maybe are a little higher than yours. So, have a nice day. Trevor, if you're listening back in the studio, you can hang up on this gentleman. I already texted Trevor to dump his call. Well, you know, as the host, uh, I feel the privilege of hanging up on callers falls into my area of responsibility, and, and I kind of resent others overstepping their roles. It's something to keep in mind, guys, okay? All right, let me sign off here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.